اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم verse 148 اللہ سبحانہ وتعالی says وَلِكُلِّ وَجْهَةٌ هُوَ مُوَلِّيهَا فَاسْتَبِقُ الْخَيْرَاتِ اَيْنَمَا تَكُونُ يَأْتِ بِكُمُ اللَّهُ جَمِيعًا اِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ We were learning about the change of Qibla, correct? That how when the Muslims migrated to Medina, initially they were commanded to face Jerusalem during prayer. And then after about 16 or 17 months, the Prophet ﷺ was commanded to now face the Kaaba, the original Qibla, the Kaaba that was built by Prophet Ibrahim salam. And we learned that when this change of Qibla happened, people, they talked a lot against the Muslims. And this criticism especially came from the people of the book. And many times this happens that when there is a change in your life or in your lifestyle, when you decide to change your direction, you were, you were doing things a particular way and people were very happy with it. And then now you decide to do things your way. You decide to do what you believe in. You decide not to follow the crowd, but to do what you strongly believe in. Then what happens? People are not necessarily happy with you. There is a lot of talk, there is a lot of criticism, people have a lot of opinions. So here we see that the Muslims are being taught many different lessons based on this incident. Here, a very important lesson Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us, which is related to the qibla, facing a certain direction in prayer. And what is that lesson? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that each person or each nation, each community, each individual, each group of people, kullin includes everybody. Everyone has a wijha that they face. And I told you the meaning of the word wijha, that it is a direction that a person faces. Because you see the word wajh is face. So wijha is what you turn your face towards. Wijha is what you turn your face towards. So each has a direction that he turns towards. And this can be understood in many ways. Firstly, we can understand this as in the physical sense. Like for example, some people, they've always got their face into their okay phone, or into their screen, or into their game, whatever it is that they're obsessed with. Other people have always got their face in other people's business, That's what they're interested in. So each person has some goal or has something that they keep turning towards as the day goes by. And likewise, people have different interests, people have different actions. So, وَلِكُلِّنْ وِجْهَةٌ هُوَ مُوَلِّيهَا And this happens in life, that one day you have one obsession, you're always opening one particular app, and then what happens after a couple of days? Your interests change. There was one time when you loved to play something, and now you cannot even think about it. So interests change, people's habits change, but one thing that should not change is that we should always be turning back towards who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And isn't this what the Qibla teaches us? That whenever it is time to pray, what direction do we face? Any direction? Oh, I have some space here, let me just face this direction and pray. Do you do that? Can you do that with salah? No. Five times a day, we are taught 
to physically turn our bodies in the direction of the Qibla. That we reorient ourselves. We leave what we're doing. You know, even if the television is behind us, let it be. Even if people are behind us, let them be. It is time to pray. I have to cast everything and everybody aside and turn myself physically and spiritually and mentally towards who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you see how when you look at a compass, I'm sure you've tried to figure out the direction of the qibla on some app. What happens when you put your phone down and you're looking for the qibla? What happens? The pin keeps turning towards north. Isn't it? No matter where you take a compass, what direction is the pin going to face? South or north? Same thing, right? I mean, one side of it is facing north, and the other is, the opposite is south. Correct? Even if you spin your phone, or even if you spin the compass, what is the pin going to do? Go back to its original direction. So there are some people who, no matter what they're doing, their heart keeps turning back. To who? To who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That even if they are doing their work, or they're eating their food, they say, Bismillah. They say, Alhamdulillah. They are in the middle of an exam, getting really nervous, and they start remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are having some fun, they're going up on a ride, you know, in Wonderland or something, and they're saying, Allahu Akbar. Hi. And as they're coming down from that drop-down thing, what's that thing? That falling thing? Drop tower, right? Subhanallah. Allahu Akbar. You know, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That even in the most fun moments, their heart goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is who we want to be. Just as when it's time to pray, no matter where you are, you face the qibla. So in your life, no matter what you're doing, you turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is something we need to think about. That what is really the center of my life? What is it that I keep turning towards again and again? That I never get tired of? Because something or the other is going to become your wijha. So what is really your wijha? What is really the center of your life? What is it that you face with your heart, with your mind? وَلِكُلِّنْ وِجْهَةٌ هُوَ مُوَلِّيهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَاسْتَبِقُ الْخَيْرَاتِ So compete in good things. فَاسْتَبِقُ is to compete. You see this word is from sabaqa. And sabaqa is to run. And from this to get ahead of others. Because the one who's running, right, he's going to leave others behind. And istabaqa is to run in competition. That when you're actively trying to get ahead of other people, that's your goal. Some people, that's their goal when they're driving, right? They cannot tolerate anybody in front of them. So their goal is to always get ahead of others. Other people, their goal is to be ahead of others in terms of their scores. Whatever it is that they're obsessed with. Or in terms of their streaks. You know, people have different obsessions. And it's funny how we compete over the most petty things. The most petty things. The other day I saw two kids arguing or competing with each other 
over a plastic case. Alright? One kid opened up their toy and didn't remember where they threw the plastic case. And the other kid had the plastic case. They played with their toy, put it back in the case. And so the first child now is wondering where their plastic case is. And I'm thinking in my head, you know, it's garbage. That's the reason why you threw it. But now you want it because you see somebody else with a plastic case that you don't have. You see somebody else with packaging that you don't have. And so you want it also. And you know, when we see this in children, we think, you know, grow up already. What's wrong with you? But we do the same things at just another level. So there's this inbuilt sense of competing with other people. Even adults have this problem. When they're settled, when they've got their house, when they've got their front yard, when they've got their flowers in their front yard, and they see their neighbors planting a tree, then they want a tree also. Keeping up with the Jones, right? So this is the problem. You always want to get ahead of others. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, فَاسْتَبِقُلْ فَاسْتَبِقُلْ خَيْرَاتِ Now khairat is the plural of khaira. And khaira means a good thing. And what it means is a good deed. So khairat are good deeds. This is what your concern should be. That if the person sitting next to me has been reciting Qur'an during tajweed class the entire time, and I am sitting silently, what happened? They got heard and I wasn't heard? Not just that. What that means is they recited the Qur'an and they got reward for reciting it, which I did not get. Is there a difference? Imagine... You and your friend go to some store, you buy something, the exact same thing, and your friend gets lots of free samples, bonuses. You get your drink and you're like, okay, I want, you know those jelly balls in your drink? Or ice? Okay, you don't know about those tapioca. You guys don't do this kind of stuff, right? You guys are more like sugar stuff. Anyway, let's say you get a little bit of ice and your friend gets lots of ice and they get extra fries they get extra ketchup what would happen to you? where's mine? where's mine? if we see somebody having something that we don't have immediately we feel bad for ourselves and this is the things of this world The things of this world, no matter how much you enjoy them, no matter how many of them you have, sooner or later, they're gone. So what is it that we should really be concerned about? Saving for our eternal life. So this is why our focus should be on competing in good deeds. فَاسْتَبِقُ الْخَيْرَاتِ Good deeds. That if your friend, if your sister, if your brother, if your acquaintance is getting ahead in doing good work, why are you staying behind? Why are we behind? Why are we content with less when it comes to good deeds? When it comes to the things of this world, we're never happy with what we have. We're happy for a day or two, but then after that we want more. We see that somebody has something we don't have and we want it. This is the problem. But we should be more concerned about 
our eternal life. So, فَاسْتَبِقُ الْخَيْرَاتِ And remember that the person who gets ahead in doing good deeds today, will get ahead of others tomorrow in getting their reward. So those who are ahead today, will be ahead tomorrow in the hereafter. So, فَاسْتَبِقُ khayrat. Compete in good deeds. That is what your concern should be. أَيْنَمَا تَكُونُوا No matter where you will be, يَأْتِ بِكُمُ اللَّهُ جَمِيعًا Allah will bring you all together. Meaning all of you are going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no escape from Him. You are going back to Him. You are going to see the end of your deeds. So why aren't you preparing for that? إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Indeed, Allah is over all things able. You see this hadith on page number 11, Race Ahead and Good. In this hadith, we learn about the story of a man who had a dream. Basically, two people came to the Prophet ﷺ, they embraced Islam, and one of them died in a battle, and the other one lived on for some more time. So somebody had a dream about these two people, that the person who died first actually ended up entering paradise later. So he was really concerned about this. So he went to the Prophet ﷺ and he asked, why? And the Prophet ﷺ said that the other person who lived on for more time performed more prayers, performed more good deeds. So because of that, he will enter Jannah first. So we see that the quantity of your deeds also matters. You see, the person who lived for one more year, performed more prayers, more good deeds, so as a result, his level was higher. So be concerned about this, that there are other people who are daily performing so many good deeds, what about me? What have I done today? What have I done today? فَاسْتَبِقُوا الْخَيْرَاتِ That is what your concern should be. Then the next ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that وَمِنْ حَيْثُ خَرَجْتَ That from wherever you go out, meaning any place that you come out of, any city, any building, any room, any work, and it is time to pray, then فَوَلِّ وَجْهَكَ شَطْرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ Then turn your face towards the sacred Mosque, Meaning, no matter what place you are in, no matter what time it is, when you have to pray salah, then you face the Kaaba, which is in Makkah. وَإِنَّهُ And indeed this is, meaning facing the Kaaba in prayer, it is لَلْحَقُّ Surely the truth مِنْ رَبِّكَ From your Lord. Meaning, your Lord has commanded you to face the Kaaba, so you better do that in prayer. وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ And Allah is not at all unaware about what you do. Meaning, don't take the matter of facing the qibla lightly. That you're like, oh, whatever, who cares? You know, I'll just pray in this direction because it's easy. No, Allah is watching you. Allah has commanded you to face the qibla. So you have to pay attention to this. And you know, sometimes we get very lazy. We're like, oh, I have to pray, right? So who cares about the qibla? No, you have to care about the Qibla. Do you notice how in these verses, the command to face the Qibla has not been given once? It's been given so many times, right? 
It's being repeated again and again. Why the repetition? To make us realize that we don't have a choice in this matter. We cannot take this issue lightly. That for example, you go to somebody's house and it's time to pray and you can't be bothered asking them so you just guess, you guesstimate. So you just face whatever direction. No. Put some effort into it. Ask, you know, look around, check where you are, check your location, use your phone, do what you have to to figure out what the right qibla is. Again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us in the next verse that وَمِنْ حَيْثُ خَرَجْتَ And from wherever you went out, meaning any place you go to at any time of day, فَوَلِّ وَجْهَكَ شَطْرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ Then turn your face towards the sacred mosque. Again the command is given. One more time it's given. وَحَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُمْ Now the place is mentioned. That no matter what place you are in, wherever you are, فَوَلُّوا وُجُوهَكُمْ شَطْرَةً Wujuh is the plural of waj. That turn your faces towards it. Turn your face towards the qibla. Now, all of this repetition, if you see just in these two verses, the command to face the qibla has been given three times. Isn't it? It's been given three times. First, on page number 10, you see on the second last line, وَمِنْ حَيْثُ خَرَجْتَ فَوَلِّي وَجْهَكَ شَطْرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ Then on page number 12, you see, وَمِنْ حَيْثُ خَرَجْتَ فَوَلِّي وَجْهَكَ شَطْرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ and then again, وَحَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُمْ فَوَلُّوا وُجُوهَكُمْ شَطْرَةً How many times? How many times has the command been given? Three times. Why give the same command three times? Why? Isn't it enough to give the command just once? Why three times? Why do you think so? Has it ever happened that somebody gives you some instruction and they don't just say it once, but they say it again and again and again. Yeah? Because it's very important. What else? Why do they insist on repeating? Why is there repetition? Have you ever asked somebody to do something? And you ask them to do it multiple times? Like you ask them multiple times? Why? When would you ask them multiple times? When you're afraid that they may not remember? When you're afraid that they don't get how serious it is. So you ask them again and again. So this repetition, make sure you make note of this, this repetition is for emphasis. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is emphasizing this command so that we take this matter very seriously. We're not casual. That one day we're so particular about the qibla so we face the qibla. And then another day we're like, oh, who cares? And we just face any direction. No, this is important. You have to pay attention to this. Secondly, this repetition is there to tell us that we have to face the Qibla no matter where we are and no matter what time it is. No matter where we are, meaning in all places, whether you're in Makkah or outside of Makkah, whether you're at home or you're traveling, and all times also. Night, day, whichever prayer it is, when it's time to pray, you face the qibla. And then another reason why this command is repeated is to make it clear that we can never leave the qibla. We always have to face it. 
So وَحَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُمْ فَوَلُّوا وُجُوهَكُمْ شَطْرًا And then the reason is given. Why? لِأَلَّا يَكُونَ لِلنَّاسِ عَلَيْكُمْ حُجَّةً لِأَلَّا So that not. يَكُونَ لِلنَّاسِ So that people don't have عَلَيْكُمْ against you حُجَّةٌ An argument. People don't have any argument against you. What kind of argument could they have against you? That they would say, that yeah, Muslims do face the Qibla. Yeah, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And you know, this is how they are with regards to their religion. If you see somebody doing something one day, and then they're not doing it the next day, and then they're doing it the day after, and then the next day again they leave it, do you take that person seriously? No. Why? Because this person doesn't take themselves seriously. They're not committed. Right? They're not committed. So when they're not committed themselves, then people also don't respect them. Remember this rule. So what we see over here is that the Muslims are told that they have to be consistent with the Qibla. And this teaches us an important lesson in life that be consistent and be committed. Meaning, do things regularly. Why? Help me out here. Why should we do things regularly? Why not just do them when it's easy? Okay, very good. You don't want to lose the habit. If you get casual and you leave it here a little bit, leave it there a little bit, then what will happen after some time? You will leave it all completely. Okay, go ahead. Okay. When you are not regular yourself with something, then people also don't take you seriously. Has it ever happened that your parents make a rule at home and then they don't follow through? And then what happens? You don't believe their rules anymore? Yeah? Like for example, you're not eating your food because it's again roti and something else that you don't enjoy. And your mom's like, you have to finish your food Or else, something, something. Like for example, she says, you're not getting any dessert. For instance. Okay? And then what happens? You're like, you make that face, you know, you make that pout, or whatever you do. And then what happens? She gives in. Hmm? When she gives in, what do you know? What do you know? That you can always get your way. And you try to do that every time then. You don't take their rules seriously. Whether it's with regards to homework or you know, school or driving or whatever. You don't take their rules seriously anymore because you know that they're not going to follow through. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us a very important principle that when you have to face the qibla, you always have to face the qibla. You can't be like, you go to one place, you face the Qibla, you go to another place, you don't face the Qibla. Now the thing is, what happens with us is, forget about the Qibla, we're not even consistent with Salah. We go to one place, we pray, we go to another place, we don't pray, and our friends are like, aren't you supposed to be praying? Hmm? Isn't it supposed to be your prayer time? It's Ramadan, right? We're supposed to be fasting. That's what the whole world knows. And there you are eating every day, every day, every day. And your friends are like, aren't you supposed to be fasting? Likewise, you get dropped off at school, you have your hijab on, and then what happens after a few minutes, that hijab is off in the bag, and your friends are like, I think I saw you with something on your head. 
Where'd that go? I saw it when you came in this morning. Where is it now? So don't make a mockery of your religion. Don't make a mockery of your religion. Don't give other people a chance to point fingers at your religion. You have to be committed. You have to take your religion seriously. Be principled. So you always have to face the Qibla. لِأَلَّا يَكُونَ لِلنَّاسِ عَلَيْكُمْ حُجَّةٌ So that people don't have any argument against you. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا مِنْهُمْ Except for those who do wrong amongst them. What does it mean by this? There are some people who will always have something to criticize you with. There will always be some people who will have something negative to say. Who will continue to say their hateful speech. No matter what you do, no matter how principled you are. So such people, فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ You don't fear them. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of people who make fun of your religion. Don't be afraid of people who criticize you in your religion. وَخْشَوْنِي Instead, fear me. Fear who? Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't be afraid of people. Instead, be afraid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, this example that I just gave you, that sometimes we pray and sometimes we don't. Hmm? When is it that we leave our prayer? When? Like for example, we're at school, it's time for zuhur, and you're in the middle of a class, and you have to pray. So you're like, okay, if I ask the teacher, everybody will hear, and then people are going to look at me funny, and then they're going to think that I'm so weird. And then if I go and pray in the hallway, or in the principal's office, or whatever it is, people are going to see me. We're afraid of people. Isn't that the bottom line? When we leave something in our deen, why do we leave it? Because we want to keep people happy. We don't want to hear anything negative from them. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ Don't be afraid of people. وَخْشَوْنِي Be afraid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because people, what are they going to do? Look at you funny? Maybe take a video of you? Maybe? And maybe they'll talk about you later? But there's so many Muslims out here, alhamdulillah, that you know, sooner or later will be forgotten or you know, people will move on to somebody else or something. Right? So what is it that people are going to do? Maximum. Maximum. They're going to say a few nasty things. They're going to do a few nasty things. So don't be afraid of them. Be afraid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if you are, for example, leaving your salah today out of fear of people, who do you have to face tomorrow? When you die, you have to face Allah. And when we face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is going to ask us. And of the questions He's going to ask us is also going to be about our salah. Remember your first question. Your first exam is going to be about your salah. The first muhasaba is going to be about salah. The first thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to hold you accountable for is salah. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever salah is good, whoever passes that test, then they will pass everything else inshaAllah. Everything else will be easy. 
And if a person does not pass the test of salah, then what will happen? Everything that will follow is also going to be very hard. So every time you're afraid to pray because of people, remember that your first test on the Day of Judgment is going to be about salah. Your salah is going to be checked. Did you pray all of your prayers? Did you perform them? And if you did, what were they like? And if you missed, did you make them up? If you forgot, did you make them up? If you slept, did you make them up? This is the first question that you will be asked about. Your salah records are going to be examined. So remember that test. فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَخْشَوْنِي Don't be afraid of people, be afraid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you see here, the Prophet ﷺ said, this hadith in your book on page 13, that three things save a person. Three things ultimately save a person. They make him successful. And all of those things is, fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in secret and in public. When you're alone and when you are with people. Fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, how should a person fear Allah? What does it mean by fearing Allah? The Prophet ﷺ said that you fear Allah as if you are seeing Him. You fear Allah as if you are seeing Him. What happens to you when you are doing your work in front of your teacher? Like she's standing at your head and watching you do your work. What happens to you? Do you get serious? Do you get focused? Do you do your work properly? Yes. So this is how you should fear Allah, as if you can see Him. And if you cannot realize that, then at least keep this in mind that He is watching you. This is how you should fear Allah. فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do not fear them. The Prophet ﷺ said, let not the fear of people prevent any one of you from speaking the truth when he has seen it, witnessed it, or heard it. So what are those situations when the fear of people stops us from doing what is right? Can you think of some situations where the fear of people stops us from doing what is right? Give me some examples. Very true. All situations where we feel peer pressure, right? That where everybody's doing something or everybody's having fun doing something and what happens that you are expected to get involved you're expected to join them in the fun but you know that you're not supposed to because it's not allowed for you for whatever reason either your parents have not allowed you to do that or in your religion it's not allowed but then what happens because everybody's doing it and they're looking at you what do you do? you just join them This is the fear of people making us do what is wrong. At the moment, okay, it's fun. At the moment, you know, at that time, okay, you feel okay. But later, what happens? You get into trouble. Like for example, if you're writing a test and somebody sitting close to you calls your name and then asks you a question or passes you a note and you ignore them. But then you're like, well, this person, you know, they're so cool and they're asking me a question, they're asking me for help. You know, if I do help them, they'll treat me like a friend. So 
you're afraid of this individual, you want to please them, and so because of that you do something wrong. You compromise on your principles. فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَخْشَوْنِي Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, وَلِأُتِمَّ نِعْمَتِي عَلَيْكُمْ This qibla you have been given, why? So that I complete my favor upon you. Which favor? The favor of deen. That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose the Kaaba as the qibla for the Muslims, this is completing the religion for us. So, I may complete the religion for you, it's a complete package. Where we're also taught not just to pray, but which direction to face when we're praying. Look at how complete Islam is. So I complete my blessing upon you. وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ And so that you are guided. You all obtain guidance. كَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا فِيكُمْ And this is a blessing. The qibla is a blessing. Just as other blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. Like what? كَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا فِيكُمْ رَسُولًا Just as we sent among you a messenger. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning over here that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is who? A blessing for us. A gift for us. كَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا فِيكُمْ In Surah Ali Imran, which is the third surah, verse 164, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has certainly been very generous. He has bestowed a huge favor upon the believers when He sent a messenger to them. The Prophet ﷺ, a blessing. Rasulam minkum, a messenger among you, of you, a human being, someone whom you can relate with. Yatlu alaykum ayatina. And what does this messenger do? He recites upon you our verses. Ayat is a plural of ayah. Meaning just as the verses of the Quran were given to him, he recites them to you. Wayuzakikum. And he purifies you. Tazkiyah is from Zai Kafya or Wow, and it is purification. And remember that this purification also includes growth and development, right? Because basically, Tazkiyah it involves two steps. The first step of Tazkiyah is to get rid of what is dirty, what is useless, basically to clean out. You know, for example, if there is a patch of land that you want to grow some vegetables in, what are you going to do? First, you're going to prepare the soil. You're going to clean it out. You're going to get rid of the pebbles. You're going to get rid of the weeds. You're going to make sure you get rid of the garbage. This is the first step of tazkiyah. And each person, you know, they have their own garbage. Some bad habits. Whatever it is that's making them dirty. So tazkiyah is to get rid of all these bad things. But then the second step of tazkiyah is to beautify and to adorn with good things. So for example, you remove all the weeds, you get rid of all the pebbles, you soften the earth, then what's the next step? That you leave it like that? No. You're going to put your seeds in. You're going to put those small beautiful plants in so that they can grow. And as they will grow, you will have something beautiful at the end. So tazkiyah is purification, growth, development, Improvement, the Prophet ﷺ was sent to purify people, to improve them. 
وَيُعَلِّمُكُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ And he teaches you the book and the wisdom. The book, the Qur'an, and wisdom, how to implement the Qur'an. When, how much, where, in what manner, that is wisdom. وَيُعَلِّمُكُمْ مَا لَمْ تَكُونُوا تَعْلَمُونَ And he teaches you what you didn't know. The Prophet ﷺ educated people. He taught them what they had no idea about. So the Qibla, a blessing. The Prophet ﷺ, a blessing. This religion is a blessing. So what should you do, O Muslims, when you have received all of these blessings from Allah? What should you do when you receive blessings? What should be your response? Tell me. To thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, فَذْكُرُونِي So you remember me. And what does it mean by you remember me? Meaning you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what will happen when you remember Allah? أَذْكُرْكُمْ I will remember you. Allah will remember you. وَاشْكُرُونِي And be grateful to me. وَلَا تَكْفُرُونِي And do not be ungrateful to me. Takfuruni is from kafara, And kufr, it means to deny. But remember I told you earlier that kafara literally is to cover something. And ingratitude, to not be grateful, is called kufr. Why? Because you are hiding the blessings, the gifts that someone gave you. When you say thank you to someone, what are you saying? I like what you gave me. Right? And when you don't say thank you, You just take the gift, you open it, you use it, eat it up, whatever, and you move on. You don't even acknowledge that the other person gave you something. You hide the blessing. So this is kufr, ingratitude. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, remember me, I will remember you. So what do we learn from this? That we should remember the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. And by remembering the blessings, what is meant is, Feel them in your heart. Believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you these blessings. And then remember them, meaning on your tongue. Talk about them. And then thirdly, in your actions, show that you are grateful. Show that you're happy. So remember that dhikr and shukr. Dhikr, remembrance of Allah. And shukr, gratitude to Allah, is at three levels. Make sure you write this down. It's at three levels. The first level is in the heart. It begins from there. That you feel it. You believe that Allah has definitely blessed you. You see those blessings and you accept them. And you feel grateful for them in your heart. The second level is that you mention, you talk about those blessings, you express your gratitude verbally. Like for example, you say, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. You say with your words that you are very happy with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. So you mention it, you talk about it, you bring the shukr and the dhikr on your tongue. And then thirdly, with your actions now, you show that you are happy. And how do you show that you're happy? How? With your obedience. By obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By doing good deeds. By using those blessings. This is something very natural. When a person also, you know, think about yourself. That you are giving a gift to someone. What do you want? When you give a gift to someone, what do you want from them? That they should be happy. Which is why if they complain, you get offended. 
you want them to be happy. And then, you know that they're happy, you see the smile on their face, but then you're waiting to hear a thank you. Right? And then, okay, you know that they're happy, and you hear the thank you, but then you want them to open up the gift and use it. Imagine if they took it from you, and they just threw it on the side. They took it from you, and they say they lost it. How would you feel? They took it from you, and they say that they broke it. They gave it away. Has it ever happened with you? You give a gift to someone, and you find out that they gave it away to somebody else? How does it feel? You get upset, right? Which is why people make sure that they give gifts that cannot be given away. Like they will write the name or something on the gift so that it's not re-giftable. So we as human beings also, we expect some level of gratitude from people. The question is, what gratitude do we show to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessings that He has given us? So, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ وَاشْكُرُونِي وَلَا تَكْفُرُونَ You see over here, the hadith that I mentioned on page number 15, the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I am just as my slave thinks I am. And I am with him as he remembers me. Because you remember Allah and Allah will remember you. He said, if he remembers me in himself, meaning in his heart, then I also remember him in myself. And if he remembers me in a gathering, then I remember him in a gathering that is better than they have. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O son of Adam, when you remember me alone, then I remember you alone. When you remember me in a gathering, then I remember you in a gathering better than the one in which you remember me. What is that gathering? What is that gathering? It is of the angels. And about shukr, the Prophet ﷺ said that those whom Allah has favored with a blessing then Allah likes to see the effect of His blessing on His creation. So, part of shukr is to use the blessing and to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for all of these blessings, feel proud, feel grateful, and show that gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't be afraid of people, and pretend like those blessings don't exist. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَمِنْ حَيْثُ خَرَجْتَ فَوَلِّ وَجْهَكَ شَطَرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ وَإِنَّهُ لَلْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكَ وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ وَمِنْ حَيْثُ خَرَجْتَ فَوَلِّ وَجْهَكَ شَطَرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ وَحَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُمْ فَوَلُّوا جُوهَكُمْ شَطَرَهُ لِأَلَّا يَكُونَ لِلنَّاسِ عَلَيْكُمْ حُجَّةٌ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا مِنْهُمْ فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَاخْشَوْنِي فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَاخْشَوْنِي وَلِأُتِمَّ نِعْمَتِي عَلَيْكُمْ وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ كَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا فِيكُمْ رَسُولًا مِّنكُمْ يَتْلُو عَلَيْكُمْ آيَاتِنَا وَيُزَكِّيكُمْ وَيُزَكِّيكُمْ وَيُعَلِّمُكُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةَ وَيُعَلِّمُكُم 
سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته